and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Are you in a transition, ready for your next step, but you're unsure as to what that next step actually is? Or maybe you feel stuck, unclear, or just plain bored with life. I have been in that space myself, and instead of looking everywhere else for the answer of what should I do next, I realized that I had to create my own space and allow my own answers to bubble up. And this is exactly why I created Dream Space Online for you. It's an e-course that gives you that space needed to reconnect with your spark, release anything that may be holding you back, and create a game plan for your dreams. With 14 strategic exercises that will help you unlock your life's purpose and develop your action plan, guaranteed. In this next year, we all have a choice to make. Do we stay where we are, wondering why it's not working, or do we ask for help and learn new skills that will take us in a new direction? And for a limited time, you'll receive $1,000 in bonuses thrown in, including a 30-minute clarity call with me. I cannot wait to walk alongside you in this journey. So to learn more and purchase Dream Space online, check out jointhedreamspace.com. That's jointhedreamspace.com. Welcome back to the Dreamcast, you guys. In today's episode, we are going to learn something that you always need to learn. (laughs) I feel like no matter what you're doing, whether you're a mom and you're trying to get your children to clean their room, (laughs) or you're a teacher and you're trying to get your students to enjoy math, or you're a new business owner, or maybe even a seasoned business owner, what we're going to talk about today is going to move the needle in your life. And it's a skill set that we don't typically learn in school, but something that will impact all of us. And and the lady who is going to share it with us actually has 25 years of experience selling to prestigious organizations such as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Hulert Packard, and NASA. You guys, you know, a lot of times those th- th- those sound really cool places to work. And I'm so excited to pull back the curtain and hear what that looks like. But then she decided to make her own pivot and her own transition and trade in her road warrior status, which means she traveled quite a bit. Hello, Delta Sky Miles. So she could help entrepreneurs sell in a way that builds relationships, creates true connection, and results in more closed deals and long-term clients. I want you to hear this. She is helping all entrepreneurs sell in a way that builds relationships, right? Creates true connection because we know that people buy people, not just stuff. So we want to be authentic and we want people to get to know us. We want to have that true relationship so we can close more deals and have more long-term clients and serve more people. So now she is a sales coach, author, speaker, and founder of Sales Maven. She transforms the misunderstood process of selling into techniques, tools, and tips that can be successfully incorporated into the process replicable for anybody whose lifestyle relies on selling a product, service, or themselves. So you guys, that is all of us. And I think even if we don't realize that we need to be a salesperson, or we don't think we are, we do it every day. So why not learn how to do it well? And when she's not helping business owners move clients 
along the selling staircase. She loves all things beauty, living in the Pacific Northwest. So you guys, big dream cast. Welcome to the sales maven, Nikki Rausch. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and to talk about this topic. I am excited too. As you can tell, this is something that even though I've been an entrepreneur for almost 13 years, I still feel like I have a lot to learn here. So I want to pick your brain a bit, but I'd love to hear before we get into the sales techniques, what brought you here? You had great jobs and yet you decided you wanted to take your skills and move in a different direction. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that pivot. Really, it started, I was just about to turn 40 and I had had a lot of success in my sales career. And I just found myself like, really, it was like a moment in time. I don't know if you can relate to that. It's like a moment in time where I was kind of looking around and I just realized that there was something missing in my life. Like I was making really good money. I had a well-established reputation and my life was really good, but there still felt like there was something missing. And I just thought, I can't be standing here doing the same thing when I'm turning 50 and feeling like, why didn't I figure it out? So I got really curious about that kind of that missing. It really it kind of felt like a hole opened up inside my gut. And I got really curious about that. And so I started trying to figure out like, how was I going to figure this out? And I did something pretty radical. I left the industry that I was in. And I went to work at the time. I was working for my my NLP teacher, NLP standing for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And she had just moved up to Washington State and wanted some help building her business. So I took on the sales and marketing and event planning for her, really kind of while I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life when I grew up. <laughs> And that was when I first started connecting with entrepreneurs. I really had never spent a lot of time around entrepreneurs because I was selling to big companies, like you heard, you know, working for large companies, selling to big companies. So I just wasn't familiar with like entrepreneurship and getting to hang out with entrepreneurs was such an eye-opening experience because entrepreneurs were filled with the thing that was totally missing from my life. And entrepreneurs are filled with passion. And that's what I love about entrepreneurs. And so I just wanted to be around them. I almost wanted to like rub up against them thinking like, well, maybe some of that passion will rub off on me. And so when I started spending time around entrepreneurs, I realized pretty quickly that many of them were struggling to make any money. And it was because they didn't understand the sales process. And sales at that point felt second nature to me. I'd been doing it for so long and I was pretty dang good at it. So I just started helping some of them on the side. And really, my business, Sales Maven, was born out of hanging around entrepreneurs and wanting to wanting to help them continue to foster that passion and make a difference in the world. What I think is really interesting is that somebody can have passion. They can have drive. They can even be an expert in their field, but still not know how to actually sell it and get it into the hands of people who need it. Like that's another skill set. And I feel like in order to be a successful entrepreneur, you either need to have both, right? Passion and be an expert in your field and figure out how to drive traffic to your website, book yourself on things, sell your product, or you need to find someone who can help you and support you with that. Um, So now you're working with a lot of passionate entrepreneurs who don't necessarily have the sales backbone. What are some of the first things you do with a new client to help set them up for success? 
Well, one thing is I want to help them understand kind of what part of sales is a struggle. So I teach the five steps that that are my signature framework. I call it the selling staircase. It's you know what my third book is about. And so there are these five steps in the selling process. The first is the introduction phase. Step two is creating curiosity. Step three is the discovery or consultation. Step four is proposal. Step five is close. And a lot of times when people show up, they say like, oh, I'm a bad closer. But when we actually dig into the process, it's not that they're a bad closer. It's that they don't know how to create any curiosity. So they never get to the close because they're missing all these steps in between. And so oftentimes, it's really just helping them figure out like, okay, so what's working? And which steps are you either skipping? Or do we need to tweak, hone, uh, give you some more language around this? Or, you know, really just kind of... And really, I when I say tweaks, I mean tweaks, because it's like, sometimes it's the tiniest little thing that can make the difference that can go from somebody going like, mm, no, thank you to like, Oh, I'm interested, tell me more. And it's just tiny little adjustments, a lot of times to your language and a lot of times to the way that you're positioning yourself or your product. Ooh, can you give me an example of a tweak that made a difference? Yes. So for instance, a lot of times, it's in the way that people communicate their message. So they'll say something like, like, I know that you want more information because you want to change your life. But when you say I know, you're basically saying to somebody, I can read your mind. And that is so off-putting to people because most of us are like, you can't read my mind. You don't know what I'm thinking. You're not the boss of me. Like, you don't, you know. So instead of like telling people what you know about them, and I do this all the time with my clients, I get this language out of there. Instead, ask them, like, how important is it to you to make a change in your life this year? Because when you ask a question like that, whether you're communicating with somebody via message or face-to-face their brain starts to think of an answer. And that's exactly what we want them to do. We want them to come up with answers so that they want more information. What's interesting is the I know bold language is probably being used because we want to be seen as the expert. I want you to know how cool I am. So I'm going to be like, this is the way I know this, you know, and and you feel like, like you're doing that so you can be seen as something when what it sounds like you're saying is they don't really care. What they want to know is how what you have will help them. And so asking them questions is more important than being seen as the expert. Well, and the thing is, like when you're talking about your product, when you're talking about your service, when you're talking about your expertise, stand in your place of power, make really strong, bold statements. But when you are talking about another person, instead of telling them, it's like, are you talking at people? Are you talking with people? People want to be talked with, not at. And so instead of telling people what you know about them, ask them questions. Because the truth of the matter is, the person who asks the questions in a conversation holds the power. I'm writing notes. That's so good. I was a clinical psychologist before this. And so one of my jobs was to ask people questions. And I didn't realize how that would help me in sales. But it really did because you're able to figure out exactly what they need, right? And then how mm-hmm. what you have can can connect with them. And you talk a lot about building rapport and real relationships, not just going for the sale. So why is that so important? 
Well, I think you even said it earlier, kind of in your intro, you know, like people buy from people. We want to know that people have our best interests at heart. And we're being bombarded all day long with people just trying to talk at us, people just trying to tell us what we must have or our life is going to fall apart. And so we're just sick of it. Frankly, I would say like, as a society, we've created skeptics. And we're savvy. And we, we're picking up on this stuff all day long. So we want to give our money to people who have some kind of interest in us as a person and aren't just treating us like big dollar signs walking around. You know, it feels gross when people treat you like that. It feels gross when people are just trying to like... It's, it's kind of like... I don't know about you, but... I mean, when you're going into Target or you're going into the grocery store and people are standing out front, like yelling at you or trying to get you to sign their petition, like, does that attract people? No. As a matter of fact, sometimes we try to like go in the other door or we try to avoid making eye contact. And so don't be that person in your sales process either. Don't be shouting at people. Don't be trying to force things into people's hands. Instead, ask questions, build relationships, because then people will actually slow down and want to have a conversation with you and be interested to go like, well, what, what do you got going on here? Tell me a little bit about it. Well, now you have an opportunity to talk about your business. So be really careful and considerate. Rapport is the foundation of everything I teach. Without it... I feel like, again, it's kind of like the shotgun approach to sales. Like, I'm just gonna like, try to get as many people as I can to try to pay attention to me. But ultimately, it's a waste of your time, energy, efforts. And then you get discouraged. And when you get discouraged, it's so hard to keep going to build your business. So don't do things that are going to like self-sabotage. Right. Building the rapport, asking questions, then gives you referrals and gives you that base client that you know you'll continue to grow. So what happens when you are in conversation with someone and you see you hear the things like, well, I just don't have the money, or I need to think about it, or I need to do more research, or I'm, you know, I'm just not sure I have the time. Mm -hmm. What are some ways you overcome some of those objections? Well, one of the ones that you said is like, I, the, I need to think about it. Now, a lot of times people think that that's like a kiss off, like that's like the, the brush off. But actually, when somebody says to me, I need to think about it, I always say, great. But how much time do you think you need? Let's go ahead and schedule a circle back call. And then that way, I can answer any additional questions that come to mind. And then we can talk about best next steps for us. Like, I never take that as a brush off. Uh, I need to think about it. Now, the people who say like, I don't have the money... I get really curious. So I don't try to convince them, well, like, you know, if you gave up your Starbucks, then you could afford that. I'm not a big fan of that approach either. Because I think people are like, don't tell me what to do, right? So instead, get curious and ask questions and say, okay, so I understand that that you're not sure you can afford it yet. Notice how I add the word yet. That gives you a little bit of wiggle room in that kind of comment of like, okay, so I understand you can't afford it yet. Is there anything that would make this feasible for you? Or is there, is there a way that we could work with you on this? Now, you know, if they're like, we'll give it to me for free. Well, no, that's not an option either. But at the same time, get curious and ask questions because sometimes their brain will actually give them an answer to the question, but you have to pose the question. And if you never say like, is there any way that we could make this possible for you? Or is there anything that I could do to support you to make this work? Oftentimes, they'll be like, well, 
you know what I could do? And they come up with their own answer, right? But if you don't just even check to see, then oftentimes they just walk away like, okay, well, I can't afford it. So now it's done. And that's the end of it. Be willing to check those things out. So get curious, put your curiosity hat on. Now don't be obnoxious, right? Like don't push if somebody says I I really would like to do this. I absolutely do not have the money. And you're like, are you sure you don't have the money? Like, don't ever say, are you sure you don't have the money? Like ask the, like, is there any way this could work for you? And they're like, no. Then respect that and say, okay, if at any point something changes in the future, I would love to earn your business. Please know you are welcome to come back to me at any point. Because when you show somebody like, I'm going to respect you as a person and as an adult making a good decision for yourself... And I want to leave the door open. I want to make sure that you know that I will be happy to hear from you at any point. Because one of the things we often forget in the the sales process, and this is why, again, I go back to building relationships, is oftentimes it's hard to be the person that's the prospect. And it's hard to say no to somebody. Especially if you like the person, if they've you know gone above and beyond for you, they helped you in some way, it is hard to say no. And the last thing you want to do is leave them feeling bad about saying no to you. So make sure you leave that door open so they know like, hey, I will be happy to hear from you. I would love to earn your business in the future if and when something changes. Because things do change, right? Like they can change tomorrow. They could change next week. They could change six months from now. But if you don't leave that door open, then maybe when they decide it is time for them to take that next step, they won't take it with you because they felt bad about the way you handled the no. Mm. I can picture you, whether it's in person or on the phone, or whoever's the kind of the salesperson in this, whoever has the product or service to sell. It seems like you are fully confident in what you have. You are excited to offer it. And if they give you some questions or, you know, those resistance, you're not taking it personally. So you truly are just saying, oh, that's so interesting. Tell me more about that. Um, I know this is a need that you have. Tell me more about why it's important for you to grow in this way. Or, you know, you're you're asking them questions. And if you have, if they give you an objection, you're just learning more about them. So yeah. I feel like you like have this bubble around you where you're like, this is freaking awesome. I'm here to help as many people as possible. And if they're not quite ready, that's okay. It doesn't diminish you. No, I really believe in what I call bless and release. So when somebody is not the right fit for you and or it's not the right time for them or they just don't really get how this is going to impact their life in some way and you've done what you could do and they're just not open to it, they're not ready for it for whatever reason, bless and release those people from your life because trying to convince anybody to change their mind nowadays is kind of a waste of time. I also don't believe in chasing clients. So if somebody is making you jump through a bunch of hoops and not committing and they just keep like postponing, 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 now you're into the chase with them. And I always say, when you chase clients, they turn into toddlers. And if you say to a toddler like, oh, I'm going to chase you, the first thing the toddler does is go and run. They don't even know what the game is, but it's fun, right? So don't chase clients because then they'll, they'll, they start to run from you. And frankly, people shouldn't be running away from you and you shouldn't be chasing after them. Because 
again, it gets into your mindset. It makes you start to go like, well, maybe my product isn't valuable. Maybe I don't know what I know. Or maybe maybe I'm just not cut out for this. But none of those things are true. It's that you've got to spend your time with the people who are ready today, who are ready to take that next step with you. And so by trying to beat yourself up or try to convince people to change their minds or any of that stuff it really starts to diminish and get into your psyche and make you feel like, well, I'm not cut out for this. No, you just aren't talking to the right people. That's okay. Keep moving on. They're out there. You just got to find them. I was going to say, oftentimes I feel like if it feels hard, it's the wrong person. So keep talking to more people because there's people out there that have been praying for your service. Have been, yes. you know, they're asking for it, and they just need you to come say, "Hey, do you want this? Are you ready?" And and they'll be ready to say yes. But you know, what's interesting to think about is is the prospect is different, and all have different needs, and we want to ask a lot of questions. But sometimes the salesperson is different and has different skill sets too. So there's introverts and extroverts who have different maybe strengths or growth areas when it comes to sales. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. So I think sometimes what happens is the thing about an extrovert is sometimes you're so excited and you're so jazzed by being around people and you get so much energy from them that you kind of go over the top with it. So I, that's what I call dog calling energy. So I always think like when you're creating curiosity, there's kind of two things. It's the difference between how you call a dog and how you call a cat. And dog calling is the like, you know, if you want to get your dog's attention, you do this like high pitch, like high energy, like, come here, boy, come here, right? But and dogs respond to that. But when you show up really excited about your product or your service, and you're like, I'm so excited to tell you about this thing. And you're just gonna love it. So that's dog calling energy. And people don't respond to dog calling energy, because it feels like, oh my gosh, you are (laughs) too much for me to handle. And sometimes dog calling energy, one of the things that can happen is we word vomit on people, right? Like we want them to know every little thing, every detail, because it's so exciting. But most people don't need every detail. They don't want to know every little thing. And frankly, if they didn't ask, then you are word vomiting on them. So instead of having this dog calling energy, when you're trying to create some curiosity, when you're trying to draw people in, instead, think about how you call a cat. And how you call a cat is a little bit of that, here, kitty, kitty, here, kitty, kitty. Like we want to draw people in. And so instead of trying to tell people everything, like entice them, do things, say things that make them want to ask questions. So if somebody, for instance, if you show up in a room and you've got this great new product and you're so excited to like tell everybody about it, when somebody says like, how are you? I want you to say something like, oh my gosh, I'm fantastic. I've spent the whole week talking about something that is brand new on the market. Like somebody's going to go like, "What? what is it? Tell me more. Well, now you have permission to talk a little bit about it versus like walking over to somebody and they say, how are you? And you're like, I'm great. I have this brand new product and it does this. And I'm noticing that you could use some of this in your life. You know, it's like, no, that's dog calling energy. And even if they're... So back to your question about introverts and extroverts, on the introverted side, sometimes we never even bring it up, right? Because we're like, I don't know how to bring it up. So this creating this curiosity piece works for introverts and extroverts because it's just a little taste. It's a little to see like, are they interested in knowing more? 
And if they're not, that's okay. But as an introvert, you do have to put yourself out there and be willing to entice a little bit, drop some curiosity creating statements. And as an extrovert, sometimes you got to pull back a little bit and still entice, drop some curiosity creating statements and find that balance for you. Because I truly believe that it doesn't matter what your personality style is. Everybody can be effective as a salesperson as long as you show up with an authentic you and being strategic, right? Like walking people through the selling staircase or being really clever, not clever, maybe clever is a hard word to say for some people. Because if you don't think of yourself as clever, I'm going to still say strategic. Be strategic in your conversations. Open the door for people to want to know more about who you are and what you do. Can you give us some examples of curiosity creating statements? Yes. So for instance, I know a lot of your clients are in the direct sales, right? So I did this actually with a client years ago. She was one of my VIP clients. And she was saying like, none of my family or friends ever want to talk or hear anything about my products. You know, like if I bring it up, they just shut me down. And I was like, okay, well, let's try this. So when you see your neighbors, when you see your family and your friends, and they say like, hey, how are you? And I had asked her, like, what product are you most excited about right now? And she was selling skincare and, and had a makeup line to it. And so she said, well, we just came out with this brand new mascara that like women are going crazy for. And I was like, great. So now when everybody asks you like, Hey, how have you been? Or what's new with you? I want you to say, Oh, it's been a really fun week. All I've done is talk about mascara. And then when she came back to me the next week, she's like, I've had so many conversations now about not only mascara and she sold a bunch, but now they want to hear about other products. Because I wasn't like, well, we have this product line and it's this and it's that and it's that. No, it's like just say one thing. And if they go, oh, well, that's nice. What do you think about the weather? Or did you watch the game last night? Then they're not interested. That's okay. Keep moving in the conversation. But bring up something specific. So another kind of curiosity thing, like I might say to somebody, if they said, oh, what's on your schedule this week, Nikki? I might say, oh, I'm really excited. I'm going to be on a podcast this morning. Because then somebody would be like, well, what, what's the podcast for? What are you talking about? What do you do? Like, why would you be on a podcast, right? And now it opens the door for me to talk a little bit about who I am. And like for you, maybe you have your the new journal coming out, right? And if somebody says something like, have you been lately? You could say something like, oh my gosh, I've been fantastic. I just got the, um, the new cover back today. And they'd be like, cover for what? What does that mean? Tell me more. I love that. Specific. And you're also, you're, you're saying what's going on without saying you need it, you know? Right. So you're, it's kind of that third party validation. Oh my gosh, so many people are so interested in this mascara I've been talking about. And then they think, well, maybe I would be too. So yeah. instead of doing the, the, hey, you might want this, you're giving them the space to ask. Yeah, let them go like, well, why are you been talking about mascara? And then you yeah. go, oh, well, you know, people have just been going crazy for this new mascara. It's like the hottest topic. We're like, we're even having a hard time keeping it in stock. I mean, only say things that are true. Don't make up stories. Say things that are true, but build some excitement around them too. Like be willing to be like, hey, this this is crazy how people are responding to this. Yeah, yeah. If that's true, that. which oftentimes, I mean, let's be honest, who doesn't want a really good, cool new mascara? 
Absolutely. Well, and I love that you're, you know, it, it's it's those short one-liners. Again, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a big presentation with a PowerPoint to make a sale. We don't have to give them no. three points of why they need it. You know, <laughs> uh, you're you're getting to know them. You're filling a need, and you're creating excitement about the product. And you're also talking about how other people are experiencing success and love it too. And and that again opens up the door for them to say, "Ooh, I want that." Now, a couple of other questions I have, because we all are in business to make money, but often we are leaving money on the table because we're not actually saying, are you ready today? Or let's get yeah. your credit card. What are some of the the like closing statements that you use that might help us today? Okay. So first I want to say, be on the lookout for buying signals because buying signals are what you need to act on and you need to act on them in the moment. So if somebody says like, wow, and now that we're talking about mascara, I'm just going to keep that theme going, okay? So if they're like, wow, that sounds like interesting, that's a buying signal. If somebody says that sounds interesting, that's a potential buying signal. So you could say, yeah, if, if, if you're in the market for mascara, I could, I could get an order for you place today. Is that something you're interested in? You have to issue the invitation. So the closed language for me always involves an invitation to move to the next step. So if we're talking about something else, let's say that somebody is like, you know, I'm really interested in finding out more about kind of what you're doing. And if it's something that might work for me, I want you to say, great, let's schedule a time to chat about that. Do you have your calendar available? And I want you to get your calendar out and I want you to schedule it right then. Get on their calendar. Don't say, I'll call you next week. No, because if you call them next week, they're not going to answer because most people don't answer their phone unless it's on their calendar. I mean, I live and die by my calendar. If you're not on my calendar and you call me out of the blue, there's a 99% chance you're going to voicemail. Right, like it's true because I think I don't have time for an hour-long conversation right now. No, <laughs> that I don't know what it's about. <laughs> yeah, but if it's on your calendar, you're probably going to answer that call, right? Or you're going to show up for that Zoom meeting, or you're going to show up for that coffee chat, or whatever it is. So be willing to act on the buying signals in the moment and issue invitations. Now, it could be that maybe you've uh, done an event and you have, like, maybe you've done a party, for instance, right? And You've got people in the room. And then what you want to do at the end is say, now, it'll be really easy for all of you to go ahead and place your orders. Here's an order form. You're going to... And like you just walk them through it. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to check that out. And then if you have questions, I'm here. But let's make sure that we get these before you leave tonight. That way, you can have your product as early as next Thursday. Like you issue that like, hey, here's what to do. Do it this way. Do it now. And then we're ready to go. Yeah. 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 And here's why. Yeah. Yeah. You want, I know you want your, well, I get, I, you want your product. Oh, let's get it in. You pro- <laughs> yeah. You probably want this product by next Thursday, right? <laughs> like if you want your product, here's how to get it. Like, yeah. let's get it to you by next Thursday. I love that you guys. So a couple things are, um, if you're, if this is something you're interested in, I could give it to you today. Let's schedule a time to chat. It really is just saying, awesome. Let's, either do this now or schedule a time to do this. I, I actually uh, met with a friend and he was telling me about essential oils. And I said, I like essential oils. Tell me about them. I want to know. And I left with no essential oils yeah. because I was never asked, do you want some? Yes. And it's so easy for the client to just kind of be like, cool, see ya. <laughs> but I really did want them. And I still remember that conversation. And I left going, dang it, I kind of wanted some. It wasn't easy for me to say yes, because I was never asked. 
And, right. and I, I remember that situation. Another time I remember I was working with a decorator. We bought a new house and I would like needed help with furniture and things because I'm not very hip, I feel like. <laughs> so we hired a, a designer to come help. And she said, I could totally help you with your Christmas decorations too, because, you know, now you have this new house and all these Christmas decorations. And she never said, do you want me to? And so I never said yes. And for two years, I wished I had her help. And finally, I reached out and finally got her help. But those were two specific instances where I thought I would have said yes, had the invitation been offered. Yeah, the truth is most people won't make a conscious decision to hire you or take that next step with you until you ask them. So issuing the invitation of everything I teach, people often say like, Nikki, if you could give people like just one thing about sales that everybody needs to know, what is it? And I always say, ask for the sale. You have to get the words out of your mouth. So when you say, I'm interested in essential oils, tell me about them okay, I'm going to answer your question. And I'm going to say, Denise, would you like to place an order for some essential oils? And the woman who's in your house and you know, and she says, I could help you with your Christmas decorations. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. Tell me about that. Her job is to say, would you like for us to go ahead and schedule getting your Christmas decorations set up? Because then it allows for you to go, do I want to? Yes or no. But if you never get that question, your brain never says, yes, I want this. We want to make it easy to say yes. Yeah. You know, we want to make it easy to say yes. So uh, one thing you mentioned before we really got started was the NLP. You did NLP work. You worked with somebody who taught it. NLP stands for Neuralistic Programming. Is that right? Neurolinguistic. Neurolinguistic. Can you, well, I guess you explain it. Can you explain it better than me? I I just ordered an e-course on NLP and I'm learning about it right now, but I'm I'm not an expert quite yet. Okay. So yes, I'm master certified in neurolinguistic programming. I have over 1200 classroom hours of study when it comes to NLP. And it's really the study of communication. So neuro, the way we process information in our brains linguistics is the language piece. So how you speak, how others speak to you, also that internal dialogue that you've got going on in your head. And then programming is about habits and patterns. And the way that I and NLP can be described many different ways. The way I describe it is it's learning how to add flexibility to your behavior to put the other person at ease. And when somebody is at ease with you, they are more likely to be open to hearing your message. They're more likely to be open to sharing with you what's going on for them. And more importantly, they'll be more revealing about how to earn their business. So that's how I apply NLP to the sales training that I teach is adding flexibility to your behavior to make it easy for people to take the next step with you. Yeah, you're creating a container or a space where they feel safe and valued so they can easily then say yes, because you know your product or service will add value to them. That's right. That's awesome. right. So a couple personal questions. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and wisdom with us. And I know you actually even have a free ebook for our listeners too. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So it's my ebook and it's called Closing the Sale and it's about boosting your confidence in the closing process. So it is something they can download by going to yoursalesmaven.com forward slash dreamcast. 
Awesome. So super easy for your audience to get. Awesome. You guys, the link will be in the show notes below yoursalesmaven.com forward slash dreamcast. And when we have the ability to learn from somebody who clearly knows what they're doing, our job is to say yes, because we all want to continue to learn and grow. Now, Nikki, you were in this job for 25 years. You kind of went through, I don't know, quarter life crisis. I went through mine at 25 years old when I got my first job and thought, oh dear, I don't want to be here forever. <laughs> but you had a pivoting time. I'd love to hear a bit about how was that for you? Was that scary to take that step? Did you prepare for it? Did you have the, the NLP job set up before? Well, <laughs> so I was actually in my the actual industry. I was in tech, tech sales for 17 years and have had other sales experience after and before. And that's how I get to my 25 years. But what had happened is a year prior to me kind of going on this adventure is I had taken a job with a company that did not have the same kind of values when it came to customer experience that I did. And I had worked really hard to build my reputation in the industry. And as a matter of fact, the reason I got that job was because they wanted the relationships that I had built with customers. And they knew that I could really grow their their business. So that's how I got the job. But I realized early on, it just wasn't a good fit. And it wasn't that they were a bad company. They actually had a really great product. I loved selling the product. It just wasn't the right fit. And so that was really this place of me going, Oh my gosh, this is not right. This is not right for me. I was feeling pretty disillusioned. And really the NLP job was me just kind of lamenting to my NLP teacher, like, I made this mistake. I took this job. I should have taken this. I actually had two job offers and I you know, took one and I wish I'd taken the other. And I was like, I need to figure out what I'm going to do. But I'm ready to step away from this industry. Like, I need a break. And she said, Well, why don't you come help me grow my business? So I didn't have a lot of planning. I will say, looking back, I probably should have prepared a little bit more because the first couple years were tough. And working for her was like going from making six figures every year to making what I could have made, like working a minimum wage job. <laughs> like it just was not a good decision. And luckily, I had some savings. I also had a significant other that was pretty supportive of me, like figuring out what I was going to do. But then I got to this place of like, okay, I need to go back and get a real job because you know I'm not making enough money here. And that's when somebody kind of had pulled me aside and said like, why are you not teaching people how to sell? You're so good at it. You know, this person was getting a lot of results, and actually, she was getting such great results that her company hired me to be their keynote speaker to talk about sales. And really, my business was born from that. So I wish I had a more like well laid out story about like I had this really great plan and I knew exactly what I was going to do, but I didn't. I kind of was flying by the seat of my pants, but really trying to figure out who I was going to be when I grew up and wanting to do something that felt fulfilling to me in some way. And working around entrepreneurs is the most fulfilling I've ever had when it comes to work. Well, I think it's refreshing because a lot of people think they need the plan in order to take the step. And most of the time, you take the step and figure out the next step along the way. <laughs> so for you, you were like, okay, I know I could, I don't want to be here. I know that. that That is one decision I did make, right? I know I don't yeah. want to be here. And then the how showed up and, and yeah. come work with us. And and throughout that experience, the next step just continued to to come right when you needed it. But I love that you said yes. You know, some people can stay in a job they don't like. 
and justify it for a decade, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet you continue to listen to yourself and say yes to to the process. So now you know that entrepreneurship is not all like roses all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always what the Dorothy, she's the yellow brick road, you know, off to, it's not like smooth sailing. You're going to have no. the scarecrow and the lion, all these, you know, monkeys coming at you. So what do you do to stay focused and fueled and like keep yourself going each day? So a couple things. One is that I really invest in myself. So I always have a coach that's teaching me how to do something that I'm striving to get better at. And I, I invested in my personal and professional development before I started my business. But as soon as I started my business, I actually did hire a coach and I've had a coach ever since. Um, different coaches for different things. So that's one thing because you know you get those people who push you to learn and do something more. And then the other thing is that I have been blessed in that I really surround myself with mostly women who are striving and are, that are ahead of me. Like I find ways to put myself in circles of people who I admire and who are ahead of me in their business that I want to aspire to be. And I spend time around them. And some, sometimes, like I just did this two weeks ago, I actually asked three women who are ahead of me in their business, who are absolutely amazing superstars, if they would want to do a mastermind with me. And they all said yes. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I can believe they said yes. And we just did it a couple weeks ago. And it was phenomenal because I still have something to show up and bring to them. Because when it comes to sales, like I am the expert on sales, but they are the expert in their areas. And so it was just a really great experience. So I do surround myself with really amazing people. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. So tell me, what is one thing you do every day that you can't live without? One thing I do every day, and it's the first thing I do when I wake up, is I go through a set list of mantras that I say to myself every morning. So as soon as I open my eyes, as soon as I have any awareness that I'm awake, I go through this list of things and I say it every single morning to myself. Oh, I love that. Like I am statements or affirmations? So I have a couple. I do... One I say is, I love money and money loves me. And then I say, prosperity and abundance flows freely to me and I accept it with grace, ease, and gratitude. And then I say, I am worthy statements. So I talk about the things I'm worthy of. I'm worthy of love. I'm worthy of success. I'm worthy of friendships and things like that. Yeah. So that's what I do every day. I love that. On my way to the gym in the morning, I use that as my time to speak out loud and say affirmations. And I find that saying them out loud has been a really cool way to do it. And since I'm in my car, I'm not embarrassed. So (laughs) (laughs) I talk to myself in my car all the time. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, Nikki, for sharing your experience, your wisdom and your tips with us today. You guys go download her free ebook, www.yoursalesmaven.com slash dreamcast because sales is a skill that you can learn, that you can become an expert in yourself. And as we know, you don't have to always be the best at what you do, but you do need to be the best at talking about what you do. So you actually make a living. You can be passionate and make a living, a thriving income from it at the same time. So thank you again so much, Nikki. Have an amazing day. Thank you. 
Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.